It's time for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken is a nationally syndicated automotive journalist and photographer who's been in and around the industry for over 30 years. So tune in for your fill of automotive information and entertainment with your automotive ringmaster, Ken Chester. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Welcome to hour number two of Roadworthy Drive. I'm your host for the hour, Ken Chester. This hour, the main topic is smart cities. I know we've talked about them before, but there's so much going on, I wanted to bring you up to date in the conversation. From culture shock in Phoenix, Arizona, to those areas that have embraced true mobility, to the needs and demands necessary for a city to make the transition, and trust me, this evolution is not optional by any means. We will discuss it during this hour or die trying. <laughs> For those of you who are compelled to add your voice to the conversation, you can call or text me in the Roadworthy Drive line. That number, 872-222-9793. If you would rather email, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way, we'll connect to you, to me, and the show, and these crazy people I'm in studio with. What? I'm too young to die. Yeah. Mm. During the second hour... Uh, as you can probably tell, uh, the Roadworthy Drive crew is at full complement with Jack at the controls trying not to laugh. And <laughs> Sasha over at Mike True, not sure what Mike Sasha. Mike True. True. Very yeah. true. The Twoo the tw- Mike. The Twoo Mike. The Twoo Mike. Yeah. Because the rest of them aren't true. They aren't Twoo. Uh-huh. How y'all doing? <laughs> um, what you got, Jack? Sasha, you might want to step out of the room. What? No, well, I got to be here be for that this. Bad? And my popcorn. Apparently, you have not figured out in the three years that you and I have known each other uh-huh. that there is a power greater than God that will strike you down. The FCC? No. <laughs> oh. Stronger than that. That would be my wife, Leanne, if you kill me. Oh, my. So I don't know about that. You know, Leanne likes prob- me. <laughs> you probably better stop even thinking about killing me because if you don't, she will come get you. You know, and I it said. it will not be pleasant. Oh, my. In any case, now mm. that we got that covered, all right, is there a life insurance plan on that? All right, what is in the be park? Be nice, bend? people. Be what nice. Is, what is in the park? Nice. Bend this weekend? No, she does not have a double indemnity policy. Ah, I'll see. Then. Yeah, you're not getting cut in, kid. <laughs> Hate to break the news to you. Ah, <laughs> oh, we love each other here. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, we do. Um, three words. Mm. Okay. Well, actually, four. Why do you do this? You set it up with a number of words, and then you're like, ah, well, let, him, let him finish. Thank you. <laughs> Can I finish? Okay, Ross. Mm. Mm. The 2019 Ford Mustang Bullet. So, like, it's a bullet that's got a little Mustang on it? Oh, I and don't then even you shoot believe it out of... you do not even know. I was being sarcastic. I Obviously. don't have a clue, but I'm curious. The greatest chase movie ever. 1968, starring Steve McQueen. Bullet? Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, Ford Ford Ford. Built, Ford I wasn't even born a, yet. Ford built a version of that car in special editions from 2001 to 2008. Oh. I remember that. I did not yeah. know that. It, yeah, but here's what you didn't know. Because what, what was the other car in that chase scene? Um, it was that really popular No, uh, sport. let it go. No. <laughs> You were so not close. I'm, I'm going to. Volkswagen gonna... Beetle. 
Herbie. No. It oh. was Herbie. Oh, um. my God. Uh, is there something called sacrilegious here on Pretty much. No, no, no. I could have yeah. said the Vega. Um, well, no, The Vega wasn't even out yet. No, I'm, but what I'm you saying. honestly could have said was the Yugo. There you go. And, and, yeah, was, and that was still 20 years for me. And, and then I would have to say, you go away. There you go. What was the other car, sir? Uh, it was a Dodge Charger with the 440 oh, performance package. I literally so I was going to say Challenger. And, and, and the, oh, you, ha- oh, uh-uh. San Francisco, most amazing. It goes for like 20 minutes. Did How you, do you? Didn't they go down? Um, I've driven down that crazy little street. Yeah. Lombard Street. Yeah, that yeah. little street that does yeah, all the crazy. Exactly. How I've do you have an out. actual car chase in San Francisco they without did. ripping out the bottom end of your car? Well, I will tell you something. <laughs> you go, You go look at... Um, the streets of San Francisco. I know, right? Um, you look at the One Sister Act movie where they yep. did that pursuit through yep. yep. San Francisco. Yep. Mm. And you wonder, how in the world did these wheels not end up in the roof? Right? Okay. Like, how well, many cars were demolished you, during this scene? Yeah. You know, don't know. <laughs> but the Dodge ended up getting total yeah, at okay. the end of it. Right. And catching fire. Did, did you have it, that moment, like, when they destroy a car like that? Do you oh, have that I had moment? a total moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you're I just like, see it right here. Right? Anyway. Go on. Uh, yes. They're calling it Iconic Cool. Um, this thing has a sticker price. Mm. Uh of forty six thousand five ninety five. Wow, that's actually not nearly as bad as well, what I was thinking. I thought it was going to be someplace over a hundred. Oh, you see, I was right there with you. No, I was no, thinking no, no, like no. eighty. And how no, no, many no. of these are they going to make? You know, they did not say because it is a extra package, and it's actually a real performance package on top of of uh, the standard Mustang GT. So you're getting the V eight, you're getting a six speed manual, mm. and it comes in that Highland green. Although, and I will say this because I agree with the writer, uh, Ford's going to give it an option in black. But so help me, anybody that orders this car and with the bullet package in black needs to be talked to. It's sacrilegious. Well, they're probably going to have to talk to me then. Right. Because I, I, can't, I, I can't do the I, green. I can't wrap my arms oh, around. Oh, you got to do. If you're what if we buy did it bullet, in purple? It, can I do it in purple? Oh, no. no. With, the, I, with a red stripe? No. No. no you're no, not going to let me? No. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's my question. Mm-hmm. What happened? I know what happened to the Dodge car. What happened to the car Steve McQueen drove? You know, that's open for some debate because obviously in any of these pictures, there's a number of these cars. There yeah. are the stunt cars. There's the cars they use for the actual running. And then there's um, the uh, the one that actually no, and, toured. And then the ones that get actually totaled as a result of some of these yeah. scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rumored that that car actually ended up in a collector. I forget where because I remember reading about it a number of years ago. But which one? Don't know. From the movie? Yeah. Okay, so there really isn't one car in these movies. No, never is. No, never, ever, never. ever is. Because okay, so, of what different tell- so what you're telling me is um, Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, right, right. Same thing. Yeah, you've Not got one car. how many cars were there? I have no idea. I think total for the movie, I think we were eight. And I think that to- sounds a little low. Well, you have to. They demolished like three. Let, well, let they me, demolished three of Jackie Gleason's car. Yeah. Let, 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 let me give you an. But let I me think give there's you, only like five. I, left. Wait a minute. Let me give you a difference. Uh, the Stephen King movie, Christine. Mm, right. 1958 Plymouth Belvedere. Keep talking. Yes. Plymouth. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Plymouth. Chester is having a moment. I right. am. Plymouth. Uh, 22 cars. Wow. wow. Some Belvedere's, some Savoy's. Uh, for various parts, one guy actually ends up owning 
one of the original cars with autographed in the glove box of everybody in the movie. Wow. Mm. Was offered $5 million, wouldn't sell it. That is impressive. Christine. I love my Plymouths. I've never, Sorry. I've never seen that movie. Uh, never will. Uh, love my Plymouths. That's I all I'm you, saying. I know you do. I do. But again, the only Plymouth that I can honestly say my Valiant. that I actually fell in love with mm-hmm. was the Super Sport with the wing. <sighs> that was one of my all-time favorite true cars. Plymouth. I'm just saying. What else, Mr. Chester, is in the parts bin? Uh, I'm going to throw this at you. With all this talk about uh, tariffs and stuff. Right. You would think that we would be at odds with China, right? Right. Um, from SEMA, the specialty uh, manufacturer, I'm sorry, the specialty equipment market association. Um, record number of pre-registered buyers to visit SEMA's section at the China Auto Salon. Over 25 different provinces that if you're a member of SEMA business, you're going over there with people to talk to you. Uh, to give you really quick, this is the SEMA program. Going over there, $3,500, less with state grants, get you a turnkey booth, four nights at a five-star hotel, your own interpreter for two, three days, mm. briefing, visits to specialty equipment retailers, installers, and distributors, and a list of pre-registered buyers. This is American companies going to do business in China, sponsored by SEMA. Uh, yeah. And this, this is recent, by the way. This is not something that happened a long time ago. This is All extremely right. recent. Sasha? Mm. Should we send him over to report on it? No, me. Me. Or send him. No, me. 300 trade buyers from throughout China registered to meet with the SEMA delegation at the SEMA section of the largest specialty equipment show in Asia, the China Auto Salon. Mm. All I'm wow. saying is it's not one world. These folks are going over there to do business, and there are 300 buyers waiting to talk to them. And I thought I'd just mention that because we're all about American-made, when at all possible. Are we going to have this argument every week? It's not uh, American-made. It's American Canvas made. is saying. the future of mobility, yes. Yeah. Okay, Brought to you by people. Ford. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, just let it go. Yes, sir. I am going to get a dollar for every time he <laughs> says made in America and every time you say Canvas. Oh, but my God. technically, he said Canvas. Coming up. Reflections from the Southwest as Phoenix contemplates changes in mobility. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. You are turned in to Roadworthy Drive. This is Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Action cash on new 89 and 90 Sierras with automatic transmissions or $500 action cash on new 89 two-wheel drive Sierras with manual transmission. I would not think, Mr. Chester, this commercial would be headbanging music. What? It's always a headbanging music when it comes to GMC. 
I'm not touching any I'm of that. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> what if is you're it? just joining us, folks, believe it or not, this is Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. I'm Ken Chester. I'm in studio along with the Roadworthy Drive crew. Hello. Jack Hello. and Sasha holding yes. things down and tearing things up. On the two mic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> let it go, girl. <laughs> just, just, just let it it laugh with go. me, folks. It's so much easier if you laugh. Yeah, it doesn't hurt nearly as much. <laughs> the talk for this hour is cities and the evolution of mobility. Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. You ever been there, Jack? Oh, my gosh, yes. So have I missed Phoenix. I have, n- I have been to Phoenix twice. Once at age eight. Mm-hmm. The second time I was on a plane, literally got told, uh, what gate are you going to? I told them the gate number, and they're like, Run! Okay. Was that O'Hare? No, that was uh Sky Harbor. Oh my Where Oh wow. Okay. I was on my way to I was on my way to San Francisco. Uh, oh. I'm not touching that either. Well, and my plane was late. Ah. Been to Phoenix four times. I have been to Phoenix zero times. I see. Anyway, um the thing about Phoenix, it's been at the forefront of self-driving vehicle technology, primarily yep. with companies like Waymo and Uber conducting extensive testing there. But what does this one new mobility input mean for the city as a whole, and perhaps residents in particular? Well, does the age bracket of Phoenix, Arizona, fall into play with that? The bigger problem is Phoenix was designed around one thing. Okay. The car. It's spread out. That Mm. city is spread out. Um, To give you an idea... Um, And this is from, believe it or not, the MIT Technology Review. One guy who lives there, he calls it, he talks about the car cult nature of Phoenix. Okay. And he says, it's a sprawling grid fueled by swooping highways and generous arterial roads. The Phoenix metropolitan area is a gigantuan expression of the car culture that defines the urban experience for most Americans. Summed up, to use this space, you need a vehicle, period. Yep, because it is stretched out for hundreds of miles. Oh, my goodness. There are highways and interstates and crazy. And I thought it was bad going through Houston. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. Basically, it is not lent to walk. It was not meant for public transportation that easy because of the way things are spread out. Can I ride my horse through it? Not even close. Your horse would never make it. So They use an example uh, called Camelback Road which, if I remember, is the main drag into town. Okay. It's one of the major arteries. It's a 33-mile temple to this cult and car. Dealerships, auto repair shops, strip malls, car washes, all ringed by vast parking lots, line a six-lane roadway what? that's deeply discouraging to navigate by foot. Yep. Uh, the city fathers believe that building spaces, that building it this way, uh, prosperity would grow with the personal automobile as the driving force. Now, we talked about here a few months back about that death, uh, the Uber hitting the woman. Right. Try this one on for size. Arizona leads the nation in its rate of pedestrian fatalities. Oh, well, considering the fact that it's a car culture. But you've also got to remember, when you're talking about six, seven, Eight lanes of traffic or four lanes of traffic to get down to the individual residential streets. This does not surprise me. Florida. Are you serious? Oh, you yeah. should, you oh, should be in Florida. Florida's that way, too. 
north of Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Right. In order to get around, you literally have to take an eight-lane highway around it to get there. Yep. It's actually faster than driving through it. And I mean around. Literally start, you start from the north... East corner. Okay. You drive west uh-huh. to south, the northwest corner, right. come down the west side and back around. So basically, what you're saying is that I need to get one of those jet packs to just kind of, you know, fly my way in. Not and even close. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to remember, yeah. I used to, I spent a lot of time going through Kansas City. Okay. I remember there Kansas was, City. There was a while where I would take 435 all yep. the way around back to 35. Yep. Now they've torn up 435. Now you go 35 because it's shorter and actually, quicker. Actually, you can go 435 to, uh, what is that interstate now? Instead, where the roads split, when you get right down in that funnel. Uh, that would be shape. 70. Yeah. Well, when you get to 70, it's the east-west. You can go straight and go all the way down and pick up what used to be 71. It's eight lanes down. Google Maps down. has got nothing on you guys. Wow. Yeah. Um, rhetorical question that the man asks. Mm. What then would become of this rich ecosystem of infrastructure, services, retail, and cultural experience that's grown up around automobiles? What happens to Phoenix and hundreds of similar cities when we reinvent the car? Well, wouldn't those sprawling streets offer a wonderful wide open space for these cars to test out and maneuver? Uh, you know, kind of like what Waymo's doing down there right now? No, really? Yeah. Well and, they, well, and what my question becomes is they keep saying within 20, 25, 30 years, you're not going to need a garage. And how much more eco-friendly that's going to be for you to have a bigger yard and that kind of stuff. Well, what do you do with all these sprawling roads when you don't have really that many cars because supposedly it's gotten smaller. And that is the issue that he presents when you've built a city that is basically ground zero for car culture, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they've built all these interstates, they've built all these highways to process all of this traffic and all of these uh, drivers, and we're moving to something called mobility as a service, which in case you haven't heard it, folks, the abbreviation, and you're going to hear this a lot more, Capital M, small a, small a, capital S, mobility as a service. The Ford Motor Company and other companies like them are making the transition from manufacturers to transportation providers uh, as this moves from an ownership economy to a service economy. Canvas. But we've talked about how— Where's your dollar? (laughs) She said it. I didn't. We've talked about how in coming years how we might have roads dedicated to semi-autonomous, semi-tractors semi-trucks and how they would be going at optimum speeds so in something like this i mean is it feasible that they dedicate no No. okay because what in the example i talked about Mm -hmm. we're interstates like up here okay you go down to florida you go down to uh arizona your surface streets are that big and not only that too but you go to some place like phoenix atlanta houston and they literally have on and off ramps stacked on top of each other. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy. And if you want real crazy, no. California. Oh, I've been hello. to California. Las, Fe- oh. uh, Los Angeles. Hello, somebody. Oh, California. Wow. Time already. <laughs> Next, smart cities that get it when it comes to mobility. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive.
Sandy Drive with Ken Chester. Okay, guys, this year for Christmas, you are going to get b- both buy me a referee shirt. A yes. referee shirt? Yes. yes. And I want to whistle. <laughs> Why is that? Because the two of you just keep going and going and going. I have legitimate questions and realistic points to make about subject matter, and he chooses to mansplain. Okay, you're listening to Roadworthy Drive. <laughs> He's Ken Chester. I'm Jack Dillion. She is Sasha, Sasha. Little. Yeah, now, and, and for the record, it's not the Sasha show with Jack and Ken. Uh, no, but although not? although she is better looking than you are. Let's move on. Point, point taken, <laughs> sir. Point taken. For those of you who want more than your fair share of the road, check out the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com for all the latest about the show and, believe it or not, the Roadworthy Drive crew. And the annex. Mm-hmm. Video from our behind-the-scenes podcast, audio of past shows, pictures, and information about the crew. Yep, it's all there. The website is also a great place to find out where and what we are doing during the week on social media. And Lady Sasha is our handy-dandy social media diva. Mm. She keeps things light and lively during the week with her musings and her postings. Be sure to check us out and like us on Facebook. Yes. Doing all right? Okay. And YouTube. Yes, and YouTube. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mobility. With the explosion of choices and options that are becoming available to an ever-increasing number of Americans, regardless of where they live, and country folk, you know who you are. Yes. uh, It seems that even at this early date, there are cities that have come to grips with the changing landscape of transportation. It's certainly not easy or one-size-fits-all. But in every case, there's a few lessons to be learned and pitfalls to avoid. Want to look at a few. Of all places, may I nominate Helsinki, Finland. Okay. They developed a homegrown app. It's called WIM. I'm not even making this up. Right. W-H-I-M. It turns the act of getting around by a city, around a city, by bus, train, bike, taxi, or borrowed car into one. Monthly sus- subscription. How much is the subscription? It varies because there are two plans. Okay. You, you can go for the all-encompassing plan. And we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But I want to talk about it for a moment. Uh, this piece uh, opens uh, with a guy who's owned a car in Helsinki for nine years and uh, had just signed up for the service. Within three months, he's decided to get rid of his nearly new Opel Astra because it had been mostly sitting idle. He said this lifestyle shift came about with the help of an app offering unlimited rides on public transport, access to city bikes, cheap short-distance taxis, and rental cars, all for one monthly fee. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I thought about you when I read this. Now, he said this particular guy said, I downloaded Wim in the fall, and it was around New Year's when I decided I would sell my car. He also uses a car sharing app called Drive Now, um, operated by BMW mm. and Finnish financial conglomerate, OP, excuse me, OP Group. He said, it's made moving about easier. I can switch modes of transport as needed, and I no longer need to worry about where I've left the car or bike 
or about driving it home. Hmm. Helsinki, Finland. So it, it's an app. And it includes the transportation costs? Everything. Like across the board. Everything. Doesn't matter. So I don't have any other expenditures at all. Depending on the plan, you might have like a few bucks for rent a car, but it's highly subsidized. Right. Um, the cost, let me back up because I saw the price. I want to get to it. Let me see if I can find yeah, it. Yeah, because now you have me curious. I might have yeah. to move and do like an international think, version. I think not. Uh, let me, do it via uh, satellite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just close the location. I saw this. Now I can't seem to find it. Probably because if I picked up the right piece of paper, right. I could probably find it because I know they quoted it um, and, I, and I highlighted it. It says, instead of using one app for rides and local government apps for public transport, WIM offers a single app with a single fee. And that single fee is... I mean, can you imagine if they actually did something like is. this? In like statewide, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for Iowa. I mean, obviously not the bigger states, but I mean, like if they separated out by regional or city, like if you lived in Des Moines and let's say you wanted like a tri-county area versus a statewide plan. Go ahead. I've, you got, your, I've got your numbers. Got you. uh, they started their big marketing push six months ago. Okay. WIM has 45,000 users in Helsinki, 5,100 pay fees, monthly fees, two subscription plans. The all-inclusive plan, which is a little over 580 bucks, and a more modest uh, 49-euro plan, which is probably about uh, 50, 60 bucks, about 60 bucks, that gets you unlimited bus travel, short city bike rides, as well as cheaper taxis and rental cars. And then there's a pay-per-ride option that exists for those who want to try out the service. They're at 45,000. They need roughly 60,000 to break even. They're almost there. Six months. So the all-inclusive for $580. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay except for, like, dollars if I wanted to rent a car? Um, when they say all-inclusive, they're pretty – I think the higher one is free. Um, this is the thing. Three to five percent of the area's population to subscribe in order to be profitable. Right. 60,000 users is that, what they need. Okay, That so is you're not – Go ahead. That is not a crazy number. No, it is not. Do they give like a model as to who did they have to come in? Like did um, like your taxi services and your rental car, you know, companies, did they have to offer them services at a cut? Like buses. Right. Here's the deal, people. Everybody got together to make it work. Yes, they would have had to. Uh, Which is very different from the United States where they seem to be at loggerheads. Yeah. uh, Because of a different thing. Now, Wim, not only... Started in Helsinki, but cities, they're currently in the UK and in Antwerp, Belgium. Cities in the pipeline, cities they're coming to. Amsterdam, Vienna, Berlin, and Munich. In North America, potential locations include Miami, Seattle, and Vancouver. And I want to note... Did you say Iowa in there? No, I didn't. No Midwestern or Eastern cities, and I'm kind of heartbroken about that. Not even Chicago. Well, mm. here would be here would be something that I would say for an entrepreneur is to I don't know whether you would say copy it, but try to come up with something similar here. Are they avoiding like your winter? But the problem is you got to get all the stakeholders on the same page. Yeah. And that's going to be you've awfully gotta, tough and to do. You've got to share data. Where the reason why these guys succeed is one the nature of the layout. Helsinki is bordered by ocean on three borders, so they're okay. limited in space. Right. Also, 
uh, this type of service is more accepted in Europe than it is in the United States. Yeah. Uh, but then again, the public transportation is more sophisticated than it is in the United States. So mm. it's a, never a one-size-fits-all thing, but they are looking to bring it to North America, so there may be hope as they tweak the program. Okay. Um, when we come back, people, uh, at last, a look at retooling our cities for the future. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. a question, idea, or comment for Ken, you can let him know by calling 872-888-9793 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Leave Ken a voicemail message or a text. This is the fourth and final segment for this second hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for spending some of your time with us. This hour has been about smart cities and the evolution of mobility. Things, they are a-changing, and trust me, it's not optional. This last topic will take a look at some of the ways our cities are and will be retooled for a future where cars and trucks are not the main method of getting around. Um, to start with, for the last, and Phoenix was a good example we talked about earlier. Right, right. I would say maybe 60, 70 years they've been designing cities with the car in mind. Yep. They've been building cities around the car. Planners realize they've been doing this, that they've been designing cities for cars rather than people. And the planners and the automakers are coming to grips with the fact that change is going to start at the local level. It's yep. going to start with the cities having a moment, and trying to decide what it is they want for their future, what it's going to look like, and how to uh, basically encounter, accept, or otherwise encourage other types of mobility. Would I be wrong in saying that our city has already started that? This city has, but we're at the very, very, very beginning. Okay, one of the things that has irked me forever is the bike lanes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Why did I know he was going to go? And bike the lanes? reason why it does is that they once to redo one street here was seventy seven thousand mm -hmm. dollars to make it into bike lanes. Mm -hmm. Why aren't these people paying some kind of tag fee for using the god darn road? Okay, but that's going to come down to I mean quality of life. Yeah, I mean... But it's... we're expected as taxpayers driving cars to pay for the road. Quality of life. It attracts employees. It attracts younger people who may not want to drive a car. Part of that design is to slow the traffic down. Yeah. They want you to slow down. And they want the you to be more aware and, and get off your phone. And the bottom line is, Jack, is that we're... And we've talked about this here repeatedly... You are starting to see a change where the vehicle is not 
the end all, be all of getting from point A to point B. All I'm saying is now you're be you are now being discriminatory to me, the person paying auto tags, yeah. because everybody that uses that road is supposed to pay for that road. Not, not necessarily. Don't tell me it's a quality of life. Hold thing. on, not necessarily. Out of town people don't pay for it. Yep. Yeah, out of state people don't pay yeah, for it. Yeah, they do. No, no they, they don't. don't. How would are they, they be paying for it? Are they paying? Are they paying road road tax on fuel? Federal. They're paying state. Wait no. a minute. They're paying state. I got this. Go ahead. The like cars it. are paying state te- fuel tax. Unless it's a Tesla. There are more cars that are gasoline engines than there are electric. So yeah, that but, argument talking, doesn't work with me. It's but here's pennies the, to the dollar, though. Here's the thing. The bottom line is, if you want a community, a vibrant community where cars are not the only way to get from point A to point B, you have to accept the fact that you have to make it available. People would come up with the counter-argument of why should we subsidize, why should we bend over just so you can drive your vehicle, your car, truck, SUV, heavy vehicle, and I, as a pedestrian in my neighborhood, I have to tolerate the noise, the vibration, the pollution from your vehicle, and my quality of life is impacted. It well, works guess both what? Ways. If you don't like it, go away. But that's the problem. They're trying to attract people. You yep. hit my hot button. Good. Because the point is that the world is changing. Well, my quality of life gets affected too. It is. And they're trying to make it better by reducing the amount of pollution you're subjected to. No, they're making it worse. I disagree. Okay. We're going to disagree on that point. But <laughs> You this, know, I but could pull a power in the relationship point here. Sasha. You could, but you won't. I won't. You're right. Here's the thing, people. This type of discussion is at the forefront, at the very core of where we're going forward. In Europe, Europe's way ahead of us on this, mm-hmm. way ahead. Yeah, they have better public transportation than we do. They have more integrated plans because they realize that not everybody has, one, the money to own a vehicle. Yep. Two, uh, those of us that don't are driving vehicles that are inefficient, more polluting, and Probably in need of more maintenance, which is which is dangerous. I'm not making this up. No. You know, and you're in a world where that is the only way you can get around, then you're actually endangering not only the people who have good conditioned vehicles, but the pedestrians, other drivers, stuff like that. It's a lot bigger than just one mode of transportation. And for years, the vehicle, the car, the truck was the only mode of transportation. Where we're going now in this brave new world, and what I've been talking about for the last two years, is the mobility mosaic. That mosaic means that you have to have a community, whether it's big or small, with room for walking, room for pedal bikes, room for scooters, room for uh, motorcycles, room for cars, trucks, SUVs, all of that. I thought, I forget where I read it from, but it was a very, very easy analogy. Car owners and car drivers need to get need to get used to the fact that they're not the only child anymore. There's other siblings. Mom and dad decide to have a few more kids. And now those toys aren't your toys anymore. Now you have to hand them down. And let now me, you have to share. Let me throw this at you. You realize that for the average person, 85% of what they spend on transportation is their vehicle. And that that vehicle sits parked somewhere 95% of its life. 
Those are facts. That's a lot of money to be spending. And what's happening, Jack, people are coming to the point of why am I spending tens of thousands of dollars for a vehicle that is sitting 20, 21, 22 hours a day? And mm-hmm. I'm paying 30, 40, 50,000 or more a year. That is what's driving all of this. They're driving, they're looking at different ways of getting people from point A to point B, including people who can't afford to own a car. Yeah, because and, if you don't own a car in the old way, you are only available to work in the th- places that were right there close to you within walking distance. And they've done studies that it disadvantages the people who can't afford it. They've got to live far from the bus line or far away from those other modes of transportation. If they don't own a vehicle, they're limited where they can live. They're limited where they can work. They've got problems in terms of family situations. If they don't own a car, uh, you've got to take a kid to the doctor. You've got to take time off of work. All of these things lead up to quality of life. You've got to admit, this city's been growing. You've seen it around this. And what, oh, yeah. they're, and what they're trying to do is realize that there are different people with different needs who want to get around in different ways. And as usual, all too soon, our time together has come to an end. Too much topic, not enough time. On behalf of Jack, Sasha, and myself, thank you for listening. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This has been Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.